Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. I'm going to call it like an intermittent uh, episode because. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Essentially, what happened was we rolled out the idea that uh, anyone could get their film reviewed on the podcast, and we had a lovely response to that. Um, so much so that we had a bundle of Indian short films to review, and we thought rather than waiting and trying to fit them into other episodes, we're going to do this very special um, indie only episode. So, mm. all five films that we're going to review on this episode are shorts and indie films that have been submitted to us. They've asked us to review them. And some of them have been reviewed on the website already. So feel free to go to ukfilmreview.co.uk and, and check those out. Um, mm. But on this episode, there won't be uh, any cinema releases or streaming or nostalgia because we simply have too many fabulous indie films mm. to review. Um, so Brian, you've seen all five, yeah? I have, yes. You yeah. have, and yeah. good uh, mix here. There's, it's a very there mixed is, bag, yeah. especially in terms of genres yeah. and storylines, yeah. so lots and lots to um, to enjoy, I think. Yeah. And it's kind of Definitely. similar to where, yeah, if anyone was listening to us last year, we did the festival specials mm. um, where we would review five films, and that was a great time. It was really good to just yeah, really yeah. delve into these indie films yeah. and, and shine a light on them. Um, yeah. Quite a few of the ones that we're reviewing 
uh, tonight uh, or whenever you listen to this, uh, is they are available to watch. So that's what's quite different about when we did the mm-hmm. festival one was that those films probably weren't released yet. Whereas some of these, when we review them, you actually can potentially go and watch some of them. Um, so I'm going to kick it off with a film that Chris Buick reviewed on the website and gave four stars. I am in agreement with Chris, as I am with many things. Uh, what a lovely mm-hmm. guy. Um, the Dogmatics, a documentary. Yeah. yeah. Now, let's hear your... Uh, well, I tell you what, sum it up for us first, Brian. What's this film about? Yeah, sure. Uh, so directed by Rudy Charles and starring Boston indie band The Dogmatics. Yes, it's an indie film about an indie band. Now, I've called them indie, but they actually refer to a genre called Garage Rock 101. But I think we get the general vibe. This is a multi-purpose film. It's part promo video, part documentary, part tribute to co-founder and bass player Paul O'Halloran. So it provides a concise history of the band's origins, their inspiration and ethos. These guys didn't form a band to get famous or make loads of money. They They just wanted to have a good time. And that is the best reason for doing anything in the world to have a great time. Having said that, they toured with the Bangles at one point, so they did have a quite a high profile. The band was struck by tragedy and disbanded in 1986. They've played live periodically since then, and in 2019 released new material. Now, to me, I love the feel of this film. It's it's a rough cut. It kind of it kind of falls in with their attitude, their outlook. It's rough and ready, and I like that. It's natural. They're down to earth. They're very likable. The interviews with various members of the band uh, are illuminating, and I love their stuff. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say I'd never heard of them previously, but unless you were into the, in, the Boston indie music scene in the 80s, you probably wouldn't have heard of them. But this is a great showcase for the band and what they've done. But I really, really liked it. Yeah, I think I, I don't think you need to be embarrassed about not knowing them. I don't think they're a household name. Buick in his review said about this as well. You know, it's not yeah. they're not a band you necessarily would have been that familiar with unless you were from the Boston area. Yeah. But yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the tone of the film completely matches the tone of the band perfectly. Um, it's got that home footage sort of vibe. Yeah. It's got a kind of DIY feel to it as well. Yeah, exactly. It, they're not yeah. a band that are, um, what's the word? They don't think a lot of themselves. You know what I mean? They're not, they don't put themselves on a pedestal. They're very down to earth, down to earth guys. There's no pretensions there, but is there? But also on the side of it, it's not like, they don't care either. They have a very, they're very passionate about what they do in a way that yeah. it feels almost wholesome and relatable. You feel like these are guys that you would happily sit and have a beer with and, and yeah, watch, their, right. watch their yeah. show and, and yeah. go to it. Um, were you ever in a band, Brian? Were you ever in a band? No, no. no. I, thought, I didn't have the discipline to be in a band, not really. You know, being in a band means that you, you uh, learn to play your instrument, whether it's bass, guitar, drums, whatever. You need that that level of discipline, and I never had that. I love music, adore music, and I wish that I could have applied myself more. But no, no, not even close, not really. See, I was in a band. Uh, I was yeah, in a sort of punk yeah. band when I was in my teens, right, and right, early twenties, okay, yeah. and this felt really akin to the experience. Obviously, different like levels of, of success yeah. shall we say oh, but, yeah, but in, sure. in terms of the camaraderie the the family unit that these like band members create the emotions the highs and lows of of what they had to go through 
And mm. obviously, um, w- with the dogmatics, they had the tragedy of, of losing a, t- uh, a band member. That that's not the same for me. And I think he was related to one of the other bands. Yeah, as well. the, the three brothers. Yeah. Like, so the the older brother played bass when they reformed. So yeah, and it, it was like they had this sort of unit, and um, you know, so a lot of those those things came back to me when I was watching it, and I think I did mm. feel quite strongly towards it because of it it brought those feelings back for myself and you know the things that we've done and Mm. I love the fact that there was this element of them taking a nostalgic trip like they were like remembering what happened but they did have the footage to back it up as well which was quite good sometimes you hear bands like they're telling the anecdotes but it's not visually compelling because they're just kind of regaling you with that story um Whereas with this, they did try and tie it in. I think the filmmaker does really well, uh, Rudy Childs, does really well to create the visual narrative alongside Mm. the narrative being given by the band members. Because I remember watching uh, a few of these sort of rockumentaries, as it were, and they they do come in very different calibers. Like sometimes you can watch a fabulous one, and yeah. then sometimes you feel like that was just footage that they've just strung together and hope that yeah. you like the songs enough that you're not going to notice yeah. that it's not really yeah, a film. Yeah. With this, especially when you get the emotional moments that come with the loss, that yeah. you there was a depth to it. There was a depth to enjoy yeah. from a filmmaking point of view, not just from a music-loving yeah. point of view. Yeah, it's authentic, isn't it? I mm. think that's probably what what you're alluding to there. You you can you can, you've got something to compare it to because you were in a band, but the fact that you can be so positive about it mm. really validates it, doesn't it? I mean, I also like their music as well. I think it was very. I mean, they mentioned the Clash at one point as a ref, as you know one of their influences, and I think it really shows because when I was listening to their music, I was kind of getting that. Uh, post-punk new wave sound late 70s early 80s and I thought they were very reminiscent of the buscocks in places as well and I like that and that's why I probably felt slightly embarrassed that I'd never heard of them because it was that kind of style of music I was listening to when I was growing up because that's when that sound was particularly prevalent so you know it's it's good in that way as well yeah I'd love to point out the fact that they are on Spotify the dogmatics and probably yeah. on the other streaming services I checked out because when I was watching the film they kept talking about like their their hit song which was Thea yeah. Street and Thea Street was where they lived in Boston yeah like a really rough part of the town yeah and that song is super catchy it's really I catchy and I liked it I, I, I had a listen after the um after well, the film and then I was like I added it to a playlist <laughs> I thought it was really yeah, good I know, I know. I'll tell you what it's really good it's really good stuff I mean Good Looking Girls I think was a good tune as well Drinking by the Pool Drinking by the Pool yeah there was a few and I love the story they're talking about Drinking by the Pool and he was saying that they literally were playing like you know five yeah, feet away from the water and he said it's a bit dangerous and, with all the electrical gear <laughs> I know and they actually had footage of that didn't they yeah. of them being that close to the pool and I think like you, like you said just now that they can document their story with home videos and it's all date stamps and you can see, you think, right, this is real. You know, none of this is contrived in any way. They sat down and they thought, right, we want to do something that plays tri- tribute to to our brother who we lost, but also provides a showcase for the band. And I think it does that. It really works on, on, on all levels, it really does. I think the... We're going to just bit back to the tone side of things, and you mentioned the Clash and that sort of punk inspiration. Yeah. That mm-hmm. 
when you hear about the living quarters, yeah, they're being in this loft, there's like motorbikes everywhere and it all felt yeah, very like yeah. anarchic. I got and a I, real kind of vibe of like the young yeah. ones. It felt like the young ones or like yeah, bottom or something. That, that yeah. like that absolute rebellious spirit yeah. of just saying, yeah. you know, two fingers up to everyone. And yeah I, yeah, I think that that seeing them then regale this back, you know, obviously now is like I mean, is it fair to say they're middle-aged? I don't know if they're middle-aged, but... I think, yeah, yeah well... Like, yeah, well I don't want to be rude, something. but, you know... Well, no, it's fair to say, um, I think, really, yeah. Yeah, bearing in mind they were popular in the 80s, so that gives you an idea. That, yeah. um it's It's got a real lovely, like, time capsule feel to it yeah. that then you see it with this, like, modern... Because they're still playing now, and they're still doing music still now. Still playing, yeah. That it's yeah. got... It's very charming. It feels like, oh, yeah. that's that's got a lovely um nostalgia to it if you yeah. know that era and have like a, a passion for that era like i do like i, I love the clash I, my yeah. my dad was a huge fan of that music yeah. that it yeah. means a lot to people but um also yeah. the boston as, uh, accents i love it's so funny so like I, I kept thinking i was listening to mark Wahlberg. it's like yeah bastard. they're very different aren't they <laughs> yeah i know it's very distinctive isn't it yeah. and it's it's probably one of the few american accents to british ears that British ears that really stand out more, that are more distinctive, the Boston accent. So yeah. it's got that going for it. But what this will do, I mean, I hope it, it it gets seen and it gets watched because they deserve to find a larger audience because of their, their, their mentality and their outlook and the fact that they're playing for the joy of it. And I, like, I love that. That's what I really like about it the most. I think my favourite anecdote of the whole thing, though, was about the guy that they lived in such a rough area that they didn't bother locking the van because it yeah. would just get broken into and that costs money to yeah. like get the locks fixed. Yeah. So he left it open. Then he's driving to work one day the next day and there's a there's a hobo in the in the van. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, oh, get out! <laughs> <laughs> that would scare you just a little bit, wouldn't just it? Really, a little bit. No, just um, a little bit. But yeah, no, I think um, really great film. Um, it's yeah. very accessible. You know, if you yeah. like music or even if you just like that feel of your youth you know what what you might have done in your youth a group of friends and uh, you know, mm. it has a real charm to it and mm. it's a film it's a documentary that does you know pack in enough to make it worthwhile because yeah. sometimes Absolutely. especially if people are very close to the subject subject it can be like oh you know is this more of like a you know piece of about you and you know yeah. but no this doesn't you don't get that i think with this um yeah. it's really more interesting than that yeah i don't think there's any padding either there's nothing there's nothing sort of superfluous in there it's, it all seems essential to the story that they're telling you know that they do have a past and they have a present and a future now as well even though they are kind of recording sporadically they're still bringing out eps they're still active and as i say i think it it's a great advert for for the band and what they do and I'm sure they will discover many new fans. Well, they've got two new fans here by the same. Two new fans here. You and me. Well, yeah. plus Chris, you know, who reviewed it as well. So oh, yeah, yeah, Chris absolutely. yeah, Chris as well. Um, yeah. yeah. The film, uh, the dogmatics, a documentary or oh, a documentary, sorry. Um sorry. I I actually don't think is out yet as of oh. recording this. It is yeah. um scheduled for 2023 release i think and there's a website called thedogmatics.com forward slash documentary where you can find out more about the film and i'm guessing they'll keep people up to date 
with regards to mm. a release date. But from what I can see, I don't think it is currently available to watch. Um, oh. But as I say, head to that website or even head to the UK Film website, check out the review, and then you can watch the trailer there, get an idea about the vibe. Mm. Um, they probably have socials as well. Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure they do. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. So just yeah. follow them there. I'm sure they'll yeah. quickly let you know when it's available to watch. It's a very good biography as well online. You know, that gives you more details and more background on, on the band itself. So that's all, all helpful. Absolutely. Moving on to a short film now. Um, mm-hmm. Again, reviewed on the website. Uh, this is titled Vax. Hey, where you been? Something happened at work. I need a better explanation. Not good enough. Are you okay? We had a breakthrough. A major breakthrough. Something tainted that sample. Let's assume it's a viable candidate. Malaria? I think we have the vaccine. We have no exposure. I don't think we can ignore the opportunity. And Jeff? No one finds out about this. VAX. Um, Brian? Yes. Give us the rundown on this one. Right, okay then. So this short film is written and directed by Barack... I'm not sure of this name actually. That's, Chippez? That's why I let you do it. I was like, uh, yeah, I thought you. Yeah, I'm I thought not so. sure about this. I go Chippez. Chippez. Anyway, we 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 apologise to Barack if we we got that pronunciation wrong. Uh, starring Kate Carradine and Rico Ross. Now this is a very clever thriller that considers what might happen if scientists discover a vaccine that could save millions of lives but could also damage profits for pharmaceutical companies. It opens with a montage of news reports, which gives gives it a contemporary feel and plugs into the recent pandemic. It's the blight of COVID-19 that makes this piece so frightening and powerful. Jeff, a medical researcher, is testing samples when he discovers an abnormal reading. His supervisor, Eric, is sure the sample is contaminated, but Jeff proves it can eradicate malaria. He soon discovers there is opposition to his discovery and a lack of interest in a vaccine that could make history. This is badged as a conspiracy uh, thriller, but I think it's much more than that. It feels real. Pharmaceutical companies produce medicine for the greater good, but they are also in business, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a strong moral dimension here, so it is very thought-provoking, quite scary to watch, because it feels very close because of the implications that it has for the way we react to different illnesses. And probably what they've picked on their malaria is pr- probably one of the one of the, the most prevalent illnesses and conditions that endures throughout the world. And so, to think that if they found a cure for that, what would the knock-on effect be for the sale of medicines that combat malaria if it's not there anymore? So I think there's a fascinating moral dimension here but it's very good to fit that kind of detail in into what 12 minutes I think is outstanding. So I really like this. Yeah, I was 
I was very impressed by it. I liked all the moral dilemmas it was bringing up and letting them kind of swirl in this very intense atmosphere throughout. It's it's twelve minutes of of, of a lot of tension. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, sort of good meaning scientist who mm-hmm. understands what might happen because he's part of the machine, and then he mm-hmm. talks it over with his wife, and she's like, "What? what yeah. You know, how could that be? Like, surely this is exactly why you're." there um and i think obviously the timing of this film everything that we've gone through uh with Mm. with covid and and everything and and the huge rift that no one could have seen coming between Mm. the idea of people for and against vaccines like i Mm. that i don't think anyone predicted that that you know a film like that is really important to to get in there and, and talk about this division and talk about you know um what's going on behind these closed doors. And then also, yeah, to tie in this um, element of we are reliant on these huge yeah. companies that make tons and tons of money to essentially decide whether or not something is rolled out or not. Um, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, it's, it might, something might be killing people, but you don't want it to kill their profits, I think is kind of yeah. a similar way that they phrase it on the IMDb description. And I think yeah. that's a really powerful uh, genesis for a short film i did feel and i think uh patrick who reviewed it uh put this in his review that the ending was a bit sudden and i felt that this was could have been more of a proof of concept for a bigger film did you get that kind of feeling yeah i think so but I mean, I think we've spoken about this before, haven't we, really, that the fact that you've got a limited amount of time and that you do need uh, to encapsulate a story in, if it's 10 minutes long or 12 minutes long, whatever, um, you need to encapsulate a story in maybe 10 scenes. And that is not easy to do. And pacing is everything in a, in a short movie. And it's very difficult to do. I think it's a, it's a hell of a skill for a director to be able to create an end-to-end story in such a short space of time. And yeah, it did seem a bit abrupt. You felt like it could have done with another half an hour, maybe. Um, which still kind of makes it a short film, doesn't it? Yeah, know? yeah. I think it just um, more of the company. I love this idea of this like sinister company and maybe there being more to it, more more players, more things going on. Um, yeah. And yeah, obviously what the outcome was for our uh, protagonist and yeah. things like that. But no, it's but it, very good though. I was really impressed with it. But, you know, it's it's no bad thing when they leave you wanting more. Um, and that's always a good good sign for any short film. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I didn't get from the first watch um, until I sort of went back over it was, you know, the news bit at the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's like the Bush or George W. Bush era yeah, and focusing yeah. on Iraq and weapons of mass destruction and then also the all these other issues that are, are plaguing mankind malaria yeah. being one of them and yeah. i thought that was really powerful like yeah. again a, a big point that could have maybe been explored more about yeah. our focus on yeah. things and, and what takes our focus when the fact that you've got something that is killing millions of people it just yeah. it just is and yeah. then you've got you know these other political decisions and where we spend our time and money um yeah. and i think the film does well to raise all these big issues, but mm. whether or not I think it fully evolves them is is up for discussion because I think yeah. it did it did need more if you're going to 
talk about that sort of stuff but yeah it does set the tone of the film really well because it is very much a case of look we're dealing with some pretty big topics and we're also dealing with potential you know corruption and um misdeeds of people in power so yeah, yeah I, I i think it's a very uh strong film the performances mm-hmm. are very good i love the theme i love the story i just wanted more of it i think that's all i can really say it's i, yeah, I wanted it, more of it yeah it's very polished and the the montage the the uh news clips at the beginning was really important to the film overall because it sets it all up and the, you know the problem the issues they're dealing with I've always been there, I think. That, you know, it's always been this kind of push and pull between business, between government, doing the right thing, doing you know, doing it for the people, making sure that the right medicine gets out there to treat various conditions. You know, and we always hope that in the pharmaceutical industry they're always going to be ahead of the curve now. Because after the pandemic, after COVID, we want them to be ahead of the curve. And you might have noticed in the news uh, a couple of days ago, or it might have been today even, um, that they've they're already working on a vaccine to treat the next the next pandemic or the next equivalent to to COVID. And to me, it all ties in with that. It, it's it, you know it's with us. This dilemma, this moral conundrum, is is with us, and it always will be with us. And this is what this film exposes, you know, that there's a lot of ambiguity there. And we just hope that people in power do the right thing. There you go. So that yeah, was very good, though. Very yeah. good. Um, and yeah. I hope that we have been able to sort of shine a light on this one um, mm. as well as we can. Mm-hmm. Again, another one not actually out for release. I know I said at the beginning of this podcast that people could watch these films, but unfortunately we've started with two that you can't. Um, <laughs> but, cool. but there is a website again, <laughs> vaxthefilm.com or you can follow them on um, all the socials. They're pretty much universally known as Vax the Film. So V-A-X the Film. And stay up to date because I'm sure once it's available uh, they'll let you know. And you can head to the website uh, ukfilmreview.co.uk and read the review and also patrick did his own um video review of the oh, wow. of the piece so you can watch that if you know if it sounds um something that you want to watch sport for choice i know we have tried to cover that film quite a lot so yeah that, that's good um but yeah that was vax moving on now to an indie feature film the korean from seoul i'm william now welcome to chandadal export Hi, I'm Cliff Knoll. I work for Chandler Dale Exports. My name's Erin Grass-Forbes and I'm in charge of analysing supply and demand. We have a multicultural team here at Chandler Dale Exports, which can be proven just by drawing attention to our foreign relations manager, Chin Ling. My name is Chin Ling and I work for Chandler Dale Exports. I'm a Taiwanese girl and I love brand names. Welcome to Australia. I think it's important to show racial diversity in a team environment because that's what they do on the television. If somebody tells me that I'm just a waste of space for the economically viable, I tell them they need to face reality. I don't care if they're white, East Asian, Middle Eastern, Nepalese or any of the others. Security is an issue we take very seriously at Chandlerdale Exports. We only hire the finest people for the job, like Nam Hong from Seoul. 
Korea. So you're really from Seoul? I am from Seoul. Nam Hong. I don't know if you know. Chandel exports at war. It's a force of darkness, they're closing in. Nam Hong, you need to take control of the situation. Because of the severity of the situation, Nam Hong, I've tripled your security budget. It's time to take it up a notch. You're staring right at you. You're staring right at him. You'd be hard pressed to find another director who wouldn't freeze in the face of these raging currents. Set an example to the others. One more step. Ready for it? Ready for it? Tandanal exports! The darkness is coming. My notes on this film are all over the place. And yeah, I think yeah. it's because the film is all over the place. <laughs> um, well, is that yeah. fair to say? You know, I, I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason reviewed this on the website. And I think yeah, he, he certainly seemed to get the vibe of it, that it is a, yeah. it's a wacky film. It's, 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 it's a comedy slash drama yeah. Um, but essentially it's to do with character um, who moves to Australia to become the head of security for this export company called Chandlerdale. Um, mm. the, this guy, the head of security, um, Nam Hong, is actually troubled himself. He sort of drinks a lot and seems mm. to randomly go off and play guitar in the streets. Yeah. Um, mm. But he's hired to find out what's going on in this company because there seems to be an issue and it kind of transpires that certain people that work there are um, good for nothing and there's certain things going on and there's a bit about cereal being added to the trains and this is where my notes start to really trail off because I did very much struggle to um, keep up with it. Yeah. What what else was I missing there, Brian? (laughs) Well, you see, look, I... I think like you, I didn't really understand what the film was getting at. There were lots of interesting ideas going on there, but I couldn't see what it was trying to say because there is a message in every film that's that's made. And they're kind of bordering on surrealism, which is fine, but it has to be accessible. It has to be uh, complete enough for you to draw a reasonable conclusion on what's going on. And at first, I thought it was making a statement about capitalism, corporate giants exploiting a compliant workforce, but then the um, Nam Hong, the head of security, he, he's, he kind of begins falling over chairs. Then he, he's busking, and then it turns into a pop video for a couple of minutes. Then it goes back again. I mean, some of the scenes were well shot. The scenes on top of the train, I think, were, were pretty decent. But I don't understand why what those conversations were really meant to signify, particularly when. One of them was was eating cereal while they were talking on top of a train, yeah. a speeding train. I didn't get that. So there's there's a lot of activity going on there. And as I say, to be surreal is fine, right? You know, Jason mentioned in his written review that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You know, out of touch of the David Lynch is about it, and I can see what he's guessing at. But I think there was more clarity in the way David Lynch would approach a film because it just gives you enough. It needs to give you something, right? I don't mind working for my entertainment up to a point, but when it when they make it so impenetrable, then I start to to lose track of it, you know. So there were just too many, and you know, you look at surrealism, and it is about juxtaposition of certain images and scenes, but they have to bear some resemblance to each other, and I kind of got lost, really. Yeah, and I think right. because the film was doing this dual tone of comedy and drama that it could not sustain the comedy at all I, well a lot of it I didn't actually find very funny um, no. like you mentioned a bit about the, him tripping over the chairs yeah. and I, I could imagine I've been in screenings before where they're like cast and crew screenings because for some reason they've invited me along to sort of oh, do right. them yeah. and <laughs> the atmosphere in those is like they're all laughing at, at all the bits yeah. because they remember what it was like to film it and they loved it and yeah, it's their yeah, mate so. and all this sort of stuff. And I'm sat there thinking, yeah, but you guys don't understand this to an outside audience. This isn't funny. Like we don't, mm. we don't get the joke. And when I was watching this, I was like, I can imagine them thinking that, Oh, this is really funny. Like, yeah, just mm. keep doing it. Oh yeah. It's really funny. And I, yeah. I was watching it thinking, okay, the professional in me is going to keep watching, but the film yeah. watcher in me really wants to just skip. I want to skip ahead this bit. I and um, the same was said for like, cause I think the score was done by the filmmaker as well. Um, yeah. Stephen Watmore, who's in the film, but there's this bit with horns or, or quite, quite a lot of bits with horns in. And yeah. I just found it was grating against my skin. I, was I, like, I just wanted it to finish. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit like white noise. Yeah, it? it really kind of, was. And yeah. I think the film's like plus column isn't long enough to you know, excuse mm. the, the the con column and mm. when you know, I want to pick out some of the good stuff um there were some randomly funny bits like with the guy he's in the bin and he's he's talking to the guy in the bin I thought that was quite funny it kind of felt yeah. a bit like Mighty yeah. Boosh or Flight of the Concours or something like yeah, that it could be, yeah it could be that sort yeah. of thing and also there's some genuinely like interesting filmmaking there was a bit where he just he just crashes his film his, his film it crashes his car into the bin <laughs> And then just carries on. There's yeah. loads of traffic going on around them. I'm like, there's no way they shut the streets off. So I think he just did that. And yeah. I was like, do you know what? Fair play. But yeah, uh, there's there's those moments. But I would say the, the majority of the film, audiences are going to be spent in just clear befuddlement, not knowing yeah. what's going on. And because they're not being presented with funny enough gags, yeah. I don't think the enjoyment factor is there to sustain this length of film because it is an hour and a half. I think it could have easily right. been about half an hour and that would yeah. have been more than enough. Yeah, um, I think that's a good point, actually. So, yeah. And if you're going to do these funny, weird gags, that's fine because you don't need to string it together. But to, to keep them going for an hour and a half, it's like you've got to have some kind of narrative at some point that comes in. And it's interesting yeah. that you and Jason mentioned Lynch because 
I do yeah. find Lynch films sometimes hard to penetrate. I must say, I like yeah. I get told they're great, I get told they're lovely, and like, well, not lovely, but I watch them, yeah. and I sometimes don't get them. And it took me quite a few views of like Blue Velvet and stuff to actually kind of like yeah. it. So it could be that something like Korean from Seoul will have a great audience. You know, people that like that sort of surrealist, absurdist. Yeah. Uh, comedy dramas you know maybe that's which i don't think lynch is really he's not really known for doing comedy right it might no, be like no. dark comedy i guess but it's yeah. it's more sort of thrillery kind of territory yeah. but with this i think that the audience is going to be very very niche i think so I, this type of film will have all films have an audience somewhere you know there will always be somebody that will enjoy a film like this and get a kick out of it but i, I think it needs to make its mind up what it wants to be because it on occasion it just felt like a series of, of sketches that didn't really bear any relationship to each other and as you say a lot of them weren't very funny and so there was nothing to yep. hold your attention there and then you start looking for uh something coherent linking them these images together and i just wasn't finding it i don't think you were by the by the sound of it really and it, you know yeah because sometimes when these films come along i'm always very conscious of like Okay, that, that's how I felt, but you know, every reaction has a an opposite and equal reaction, yeah, right? There, there could be sure. people that absolutely yeah. love it, and you get these cult films and films yeah. that just people find so funny because maybe they are just wacky and zany, like um, the Room and stuff like that. But I think with something like this, it's missing coherence to the point of it, everything else just falls falls apart. Nothing yeah. sticks, nothing kind of gels enough for you to go, yeah. oh, do you know what, that bit was really good and that bit was really funny mm. and it's quotable. And I think yeah. maybe you know, if you watch it five times, it would be, but if I challenge anyone to watch this five times, unless uh, it's, it's really your bag. Yeah, it's it's not an easy watch. But for those for those who are into this type of film, you know, they'll get they'll get something from it that maybe we didn't. You know, so that's that's only reasonable to point out, and it is about opinions at the end of the day. But um, it, it just didn't didn't quite click for me. That's unfortunate enough. And ironically enough, it's the first one that we've reviewed on this show uh, on this episode that you can watch if you want to. Yeah. I know we haven't necessarily sold it great, but I do yeah, think you know, know. as it's a shame that, isn't it? as yeah. with anything, you know, if you. <laughs> can deduce from our review that it might be something that you will like yeah. please do go and watch it because i know the filmmakers mm. will be really chuffed um with yeah, that absolutely. um it should be available it says on amazon prime and tubi uh but i think those will depend on what region you're in when i go mm. to imdb it's telling me it's on plex.tv plex.tv oh, okay. so you'll be able to find out somewhere um that where you can watch it i think if not do um either get in touch with us or find the filmmakers online and you can um, ask them. But that mm -hmm. is the Korean from Seoul 2021. Moving on now to another short film, fourth in this episode or fourth film uh, called Torn. And oh, yeah. I don't think we have a review of this on the website. I think there's another um, film called Torn that we've reviewed. So unless it's been over and um, let me get back to you on that but brian do you want to sum this one up yeah of course uh, so this is a short film directed by colby cyrus starring colby cyrus uh andrew medeiros and eden tuckman so this is a very compact and highly charged drama it begins with the suicide of nora 
and jumps to the funeral where husband Corey and lover Emmett meet for the first time. Recriminations soon start to fly. Who was ultimately responsible for this tragedy? The narrative then flips back to show how these two relationships developed in parallel. So we have the classic triangle with Nora at the apex. The present is in colour and the past is essentially black and white, but you actually get shades of blue and grey. Um, and um, that heightens the visual effects, for sure. But overall, a very good film. You know, as we said previously, pacing is everything in a short feature. And um, I think they paced it so well. And it gives that kind of feeling of, of completion. And you see how the, the, those two relationships develop. And they do it over a short space of time. Is that what, That's what impresses me about this, is that they make it reasonably complete enough for you to draw conclusions. And you see enough of these two relationships and what the fallout of it is. So very good. I liked it. Yeah, I, I was very impressed by it. Um, I'm always a bit worried when films start kind of shaky in terms of you can tell it's not the highest of budget films that like you're watching no, it's, it's, no, and then they're going to pull in this really kind of dramatic storyline um mm. uh, where you're going to also then flip backwards and forwards but i mm. thought it was handled really well it actually mm. comes across far more um professional than i think the budget yeah. gives it credit for um and i actually got a lot out of it i think i got a lot out of the film especially once we see more of the the married couple and their sort of backstory and, mm. and what was going on there mm. um yeah it's something that you don't often get as well in a short film so much because you've got three kind of quite important characters you obviously got the, yeah. the two men and you've got the the, the wife uh, slash mm -hmm. well she wouldn't be a mistress would she he'd be the mister he'd be the mis yeah, mistress yeah I guess so yeah oh, uh, I'm talking <laughs> definitions there aren't we um, oh, yeah. but you you get these big sketched characters that are actually well delivered and, and well thought through um, yeah no I liked it I uh, I liked the the way that they told the story because sometimes flashbacks can be a bit jarring but I think you kind of needed yeah. that with this with this film um, some of the technicals are a bit distracting like the sound was a bit off at times and there's some sort of wobbly yeah. cameras but i don't think it goes that much against it i think it just no. obviously we look for these sort of things but i don't think yeah. the bulk of audiences are going to necessarily notice um there was some flashback music that was a bit twee yeah. i thought it was a bit mm. like, doo -doo -doo -doo, kind of sort of thing yeah no. um but it was and it had that potential like like i said the tone when we first watch it to mm. fall into like soap opera kind of yeah. territory but it doesn't it stays very much no. in the kind of drama era i think yeah i, th I think look, the the budget was limited to be fair it obviously was but it makes it even an even greater achievement when you look at what they did manage to get in the can and the story they managed to tell what i particularly liked about it though was that um you had the scenes at the, the funeral when they were having the wake and uh, Corey was just holding it all together, being polite to people, saying thanks for coming and all that kind of thing. Then he sees Emmett standing outside smoking a cigarette. And then he, he just completely loses it. Right, And I think that that is real. That kind of feels real. You can imagine that happening. And he knows who he is, even though they've never really crossed swords previously. He knows who he is. 
and now he's confronting him probably on the worst possible day that he could do it but that that is life it's a slice of life isn't it what you see there can and does happen yeah i thought the the performance is very good um yeah. i have found the review by the way that it was reviewed um by oh, jason right. it's because it's as i say there's another film with the same name so the search was getting right. confused but if you search torn 2023 you'll be able to see jason's review he gave it four stars and I think that's that's right. I think it is a it's a strong short film. It's one of those ones that yeah. I'd recommend people can yeah. really I think, get yeah, a lot I think out four, Absolutely, I think four stars is is a fair rating within its field within the field of, of short films. Yeah. I think it it deserves four stars definitely. And yeah. also, I mean, I you could easily see a film with this plot uh, strung out for a feature length, but. I yeah. think the potency of this film is just right. Like we've yeah. we've had a, obviously a few films today where the running times were probably off. Like we wanted more from Vax and less yeah. from the Korean from Seoul. With yeah. with Torn, I think it's about bang on. Really, I, I think yeah. it, I got what I wanted from it, and yeah. I was I was satisfied with what yeah. was delivered. Definitely. Yeah, no, no. I think it more or less hits the mark, and it's very difficult to do. You know what? always strikes me about any short film let's say the average length of a short film is i don't know 12 13 minutes and that is not a lot of screen time really to tell what is a coherent story and it's not easy to do and again i'll say it again i'll stress pacing is everything in a, in a short film but they did it really well it kind of works and same thing with vax as well although as you say probably with Saul you had enough there. With Vax, you just want to see a bit more. That had slightly more dynamic potential, I guess, Vax. But both very good films. Yeah. Uh, happy with with both those. Um, yep. Not available online, um, but if you go to Colby Cyrus's Instagram, I'm sure he'll keep you up to date with what's going on. So it's forward slash so Instagram.com forward slash Colby Cyrus or at Colby Cyrus. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's the type of film that people should look out for and support because, yeah. you know, a lot of love seems to have gone into the movie and yeah. the performances, the tone and the storyline mm-hmm. being delivered in the way that it was, it just is, is very good filmmaking. It's the kind of film that yeah. would have, fit perfectly into the festival like when we were doing that last yeah, year sure I, it would I, have. Yeah, happily yeah. screened out alongside some yeah. of the great films that oh, we yeah. had so yeah do check it out uh, as and when that comes out do go to the website and read the review because it is there poor jason uh, if i fixed the search <laughs> he is there um it, it's the 2023 uh, torn you'll see on there um yeah. There isn't a trailer on there, unfortunately. I don't know if they have a trailer. I can't see one on the IMDb or anything like that. So you just have to listen and read our words. That's all you get so far. Um, So that's Torn. Last film to be reviewed in this episode is a feature length, um, and it's Choir Girl. This is voyeurism and exploitation. waited and you photographed people at their most vulnerable where i come from this stuff happens every day i, I didn't cause it eugene polly why her she just seems like someone you'd want to save and she 
is the way in for the viewer. Can you get more images? Josephine. And if we get this photo in this magazine. This is exactly what we need. If we take these to an exhibition, the publicity will come to us. Yeah. Now this was actually the first one I watched out of the batch. Um, yeah, me as well. Strange, strange. Yeah, enough. I think because of the order like, I, I yeah. put them down, but actually wanted to save it for last because I think potentially one of the best films, uh, indie films that we've reviewed. Uh, well, I, I certainly really, really liked it. I maybe, mm. maybe not be the same on the other side, but uh, Quiet Girl, go for yeah. it. Bro. Right, okay. So this film's from Down Under, an Australian film. Directed by John Fraser, starring Peter Flaherty, Krista Vendi, and Sarah Tim. Shot in black and white. Eugene is a carer for his elderly father, but is also a budding photographer. Eugene favours the dark side of inner city life. The opening frames feature pictures that are both disturbing and compulsive. A boy punching a syringe into his arm. An old lady being attacked. Sex workers playing their trade. He takes the photos to a lifestyle magazine called Slipstream. They find the photos offensive and voyeuristic. Eugene argues it's life, and it's only what's happening in his own neighbourhood. However, junior editor Polly thinks different. She feels they're challenging with a strong human interest angle. So I really enjoyed this. It raises an interesting moral conundrum, a bit like Vax in some ways. Should we cancel images of life and pretend they don't exist? Or do we confront what we know is happening? And the answer should be yes. But is it really what people want to see in the media? You're never entirely certain what Eugene's true motivation is. I suspect he is something of a voyeur, but there's a lot of ambiguity there. Uh, a very good film. Very good film. It's disturbing. It's alarming. Uh, it's not pleasant to watch, but it is life. And the essence of that character, Eugene, played by Peter Flaherty, is to say, well, look, you know, what am I doing that's so wrong? And it kind of fits in with the cancel culture that we're dealing with at the moment. Do we pretend that things aren't happening in life when they really are? And of course, the uh, the editor, Polly, sees the potential there and that this is art. This is life uh, as art. And that's the essence of the film, that you know, we can't ignore it. We can't, how do you address something if you're not going to accept it's, it's happening? And a very good film. Yeah, I, I think I I really enjoyed this a lot more than other people seem to be because it's got a very low rating on IMDb, which I don't think is fair at all. It's got four out of ten. And mm. I, I think... Well, that's a bit harsh. I think it's because it's the type of film that is genre specific you know it's a it's a bit of a darker film it is a thriller and i'm not sure if people are maybe going in with the wrong impression but quite early on you get the tone you know you get mm. it, it it sets its stall out and you know that this is a film that's dealing with very dark themes and it's got troubled characters um i think it's delivered very very well mm. and for me the sort of major theme that it was bringing up was this idea of exploitation because mm. There's a lot of that going on in different ways mm. and, and from different people. And mm. it's this idea of you know, saints and sinners, but actually it's all pretty grey when you, when you look yeah. at it and when you get down to it. And we're all animals and we're all creatures of habit yeah. and we all have urges and we all have things that we yeah. do that you know, create situations and you know, we put our morality on it. But yeah. often it's 
things which just happen or or, or they're they're they they culminate because of all different kinds of things yeah. um funny enough we've reviewed this twice on the website because jason's oh, reviewed it and i think mad wolf uh, reviewed it as well um and jason gave it four and mad wolf gave it three so it does kind of give you an idea that it can divide a bit and it can uh elicit maybe different reactions but it is a it's a very solid film i i, I felt yeah. that it was uh, professionally made it felt the part it felt like it was you know giving a very good experience for the viewer um it had this sort of vibe of like you know it's obviously in black and white um the the tone of it was like a mystery thriller i guess yeah. and i don't know i just i really immersed myself into it i thought it was yeah. great yeah no i was really impressed with it i think the the you've hit, hit on it really exploitation is a central theme in the, in the film and it's just it's just saying that life is is, is a gray area you know, one side of life, 10% is white. The other end of life, 10% is black. But another 80% is, is grey, you know. And can we moralise? Can we judge? It's, it's, yeah, it's the kind of film that I think that gets really under the skin of its characters and mm. it's not holding back from playing in areas that maybe the audience aren't comfortable with or familiar with you know you, like you said about eugene we're not 100 percent sure of his um motives there is one scene which i'm 100 percent not going to talk about because it's quite near the end of the film but i think you might know the one that i talk that i mean right where it, i'm not sure they needed to show everything as for long as they did oh, yeah, yeah um i know i, know what you're talking I about. found yeah, that was... i found that almost impossible to watch um yeah. i had to i had to turn the tv down i was i'm not sure i can no. keep watching this but I, yeah i think I know, I know this, yeah. <laughs> but even that even though i really didn't enjoy that bit it was almost vital to the film because it is talking about this idea of you know should we look away or should we not yeah. look away you know should we lift the stone and see what's underneath you know really look at ourselves in in the worst possible light because oh. actually we are characters and in our own dramas and in our own yeah. making and we live yeah. in a culture that's trying to be civilized in inverted commas but yeah. often that is at odds with what people really want to do and, and what they end up doing so it's a film that's bold and it does bold things and i for, i feel that it's challenging audiences in a good way not like kind of annoying them it's, it's doing it in a way that's actually like yeah. dramatically um yeah. proficient there's a few bits where I feel like it does sort of let itself down. Like, I don't know, there's a bit where he kind of gets barreled into a van or he gets like mm. beaten up or punched or something. And it, I don't know, I don't think they were quite capable of handling those scenes without it looking a yeah. bit clumsy. Like it looked a bit, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you've not quite nailed that one for me. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, it, it really didn't spoil it. Like the whole yeah. foreboding sinister atmosphere of the whole piece really got on board with it. I thought yeah. the camera work was great. Performances were great. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a film that you come away thinking a lot about. You're like, wow, that <laughs> you can't not be affected by it, really. No, of course um, not. Yeah. But then again, though, that's proof that the film has truly worked. This, the particular scene you're talking about, um, I agree with you, that it probably wasn't needed in some ways. But it was just trying to hammer home a point that they're, they're living in a very dark world. And dealing with with certain people who 
have nothing in the way of, of morals or scruples that that anything is possible anything can happen and it is a question of whether we feel we need to know what's happening in this kind of underbelly you know a secret world that we prefer not to know about not to learn about and that's what the the when when he was pitching these photos to the editor of the magazine she was more or less saying people don't want to see this mm. but he's saying he's saying usually saying it's life it's happening whether i take these pictures or not it's happening and i think he's basically right so the message that comes through there is true we need to know a bit about this now, there's no point in pretending it doesn't happen because we don't live in a pink marshmallow world do we and it's so i think for that reason it works for me yeah um, i i think so too I, I think it definitely works it's a film that holds together incredibly well it came out in 2019 so it's been out a while um but i i like you say about it being still relevant even with like all the council culture and everything that's going on now and mm. the sort of fickle nature of what we see versus what's the reality um i think that's it's a really interesting point yeah it is a hard hitting film i think you know, mm. like i said it's got a poor overall rating i don't think that's fair on imdb no, but i think, I think that could actually. be people going in and not quite understanding that this is a very affecting film it's an 18 mm. and it definitely needs to be an 18 oh, um yeah, sure. it's not yeah, something definitely. to sort of go in lightly with but it is very good um i think it's worth a watch and it is one you can watch um yes. it's uh, it's on prime it's on apple tv uh, in the uk and google play there is a link tree i'm not sure how familiar everyone is with link tree but it's basically a like a holding page where it's got loads of different links that you can go off to mm. uh, so it's link tr.ee forward slash choir girl uk um or if you search choir girl i'm pretty sure you'll, you'll find it but uh yeah it's on all the sort of big platforms and it's an hour and a half or hour 45 so you get uh, a good film it doesn't overstay its welcome apart from that one scene that i did deal with okay yeah i've done this now but there's yeah. oh, the majority of that film is very thrilling very interesting um well made and yeah, brings up a lot of important and powerful themes that yeah, there's loads to discuss if that's your bag. Um, but do go in obviously understanding the dark nature of it. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. But that's yeah. that's your lot for the for the episode. That's the five that we were going to review on on our indie special. Um, so just to recap, uh, you had the Dogmatics, a documentary. Um, very good documentary. Uh, Vax, short film, uh, about the uh, malaria vaccine. Uh, the Korean from Seoul, baffling indie film, but maybe it's your absurdist treat for the month if you want to mm. seek that one out. Uh, Torn, uh, really, really good short film um, and drama. And yeah, very interesting. And do check out the review online. And Choir Girl, uh, available to watch uh, on some of the big platforms and a really interesting film. Funny enough, actually, of all the films, I'd say that was probably the most Lynchian, wouldn't you? Um, pro actually, yeah, now you, now you mention it, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, really, about, yeah. really getting into that kind of seedy, dirty kind yeah. of world and, yeah, it has that, yeah. that feel to it. Um, it, it's, it explores the dark side, doesn't it? It does. You know, um, yeah, I think you're right, actually, yeah. There you go. This has been uh, UK Film Club with me, Chris, and Brian, my lovely co-host who has very kindly jumped into these films amidst watching all the next movies for our next episode. <laughs> How's that going, Brian? You watched them all yet? 
Uh, well, I'm working on it. Let's put it that way. But you see, you, you always give me films to watch that have got a got a prequel. I thought, oh, I've got to watch the prequel <laughs> before I watch the the sequel. You know, you you put me in that position. I've got to do it. It's it's just there. It's winking at me. It's talking to me, and I have to watch. You know, but but it's it's always very enjoyable, and go. it's nice to perform this this particular service for our listeners. Yeah, some idea and some steer on, on what's out there. I think the I think the standard um, of indie movies that we're starting to see now are generally very high. They really are. And I think there's less there's less of a gap. And when you look at what they do with the budget they have available, it's quite an achievement. I think, I think so too. And I think you know you get people that are becoming um, very good at multiple roles because they have to be. But because of the accessibility of things, they can do it to a very good standard. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, you know, we've seen some great examples of that tonight and yeah, there's more, more to come. I'm sure. Um, if anyone listening does have a short or indie film, they want us to review on the podcast. You can do that at our website. You can forward slash podcast. Um, and there's an option there, whether you've had your film reviewed or not, there's two different options. Um, you know, we are able to review it here and we'll basically fit the films in as we can, um, either into the, the main episodes or we'll do extra bonus episodes like this mm-hmm. uh, because it's worth shining a light on the amazing work you guys all do. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, thank you to Brian for being here as always. And Pleasure. Thank you to the listeners. Um, it's been UK Film Club. We'll see you again next time. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.